0: If you're trying to read the Old Testament this year, read Genesis 3, Ezra 3, and Psalm 3. This devotional is about Ezra 3, and so let's read that. By the seventh month, the Israelites had settled in their towns. And the people assembled as one man in Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, the son of Jozadak, and his fellow priests, along with Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his associates, began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening burnt offerings, even though they feared the people of the land. They also celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles in accordance with what is written, and they offered burnt offerings daily based on the number prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings and those for new moons and for all the appointed sacred feasts of the Lord, as well as the freewill offerings brought to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, the Israelites began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, although the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not yet been laid. They gave money to the masons and carpenters, and food and drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar logs from Lebanon to Joppa by sea, as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year, after they had arrived at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, son of Josedach, and the rest of their associates, including the priests, the Levites, and all who had returned to Jerusalem from the captivity, began the work. They appointed Levites twenty years of age or older to supervise the construction of the house of the Lord. So Jeshua and his sons and brothers, Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of Yehudah, And the sons of Hennadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites, joined together to supervise those working on the house of God. When the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their apparel, with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their positions to praise the Lord, as David, king of Israel, had prescribed. And they sang responsively with praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, for he is good for his loving devotion to Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites, and family heads who had seen the first temple wept loudly when they saw the foundation of this temple. Still, many others shouted joyfully. The people could not distinguish the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, Because the people were making so much noise, and the sound was heard from afar. This is God's word. The events recorded in Ezra happened late in Old Testament history. They happened after the kingdoms of Saul, David, and Solomon, and after those kingdoms were divided into Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom. Because of Israel's idolatry, God used the Assyrian Empire to scatter the northern kingdom of Israel. Years later, God then used the Babylonians to take the southern kingdom called Judah into captivity. Daniel and his friends were living in Babylon due to that captivity. Daniel, while reading Jeremiah, realized that the captivity would end after 70 years. Ezra recorded what happened after that 70 years of captivity had ended. Cyrus, the king of Persia, was moved by the Lord to send the people of Judah, living in exile, back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. We read about that in Ezra chapter 1, if you've been reading the Old Testament readings along with us. Then in Ezra 2, Ezra recorded the names of those who returned to Judah. At the end of Ezra 2, in yesterday's reading, you read, "...when they arrived at the house of the Lord in Jerusalem." Some of the heads of the families gave freewill offerings toward the rebuilding of the house of God on its site. That's Ezra chapter 2 verse 68. Today in Ezra 3, we read that the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. That's in verse 1 in the NIV. They built an altar and began the routine sacrifices commanded by Moses in the law. We read that in verse 3. They also celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles according to verse 4 and began rebuilding the temple according to verses 7 through 13. One thing that is impressive about this chapter is how quickly the people organized to begin worshiping the Lord together as a group. Verse 1 refers to the seventh month, but that doesn't mean seven months after they arrived, it means the seventh month on the Jewish calendar. The month when the Feast of Tabernacles would be celebrated, as we see in verse 4 and verse 6. Although Ezra did not say so, the events of verses 1 through 6 happened probably only three to four months after the exiles returned to Jerusalem. The Jerusalem they returned to was a mess. It had been completely destroyed by the Babylonians 70 years before and was uninhabited during that time. When the Israelites got there when they returned they had to figure out who owned what property, then repair or rebuild some kind of home to live in on that property. But the people who returned also needed to make a living, so they also had to begin working to start the economy going again. Verse 3 says that they had settled in their towns, but that settling was only a bare subsistence. These people were far from a thriving, vibrant community at that point in their lives. And yet, They began their worship as a nation and their obedience to God's word very quickly. It is true that Cyrus sent them there to rebuild the temple. We read that in chapter 1. But it would have been easy to make excuses, very plausible excuses, about the importance of making sure that they could survive before they began worshiping God corporately again. They also could have said, well, look, We need to rebuild the temple first, then we can do the sacrifices and feast days, and so on. But the temple took two years to get going, according to verse 8. Rather than wait, their faith in God and their zeal for his glory caused them to obey his word as soon as they could and start offering those sacrifices again. All of this indicates what a priority worship was for those Israelites. Unlike their ancestors who worshipped idols and mixed God's word with pagan gods and rituals, the 70 years of exile had chastened God's people and shown them the importance of faith in God's word and obedience to it. I wonder if we would respond the same way. If some natural disaster wiped out all of our homes and businesses and leveled our church building, would those of us who survived want to get together as soon as possible to start worshiping again? Or would we be busy rebuilding our houses and rebuilding our jobs? I'd like to think that gathering again as a church family would be very important to us. Maybe a tragedy like that would make it so. But when I think about how many people in our church only attend our Sunday worship service here and there, I wonder, I wonder if it would be important to the survivors. Many people are faithful to our worship services, Sunday after Sunday, but many others attend for a Sunday or two, then disappear for weeks at a time. They all have reasons, but how many of those reasons are just excuses laid on top of poor priorities? And that's just Sunday services we're talking about. The other ministries of the church, like small groups and so on, is even more random and unpredictable for many people in our church. This passage And the coming of the new year gives us a chance to think about our priorities and where our time is spent. The fact that you're watching this video and reading these devotionals probably puts you in the category of people who are committed to the Lord and His work in the church. But there's always the temptation to get distracted and let priorities fall out of whack. Don't let it happen to you. If you have a chance to encourage someone else who isn't attending our church regularly, take the opportunity to speak to them for their good as a believer in Christ. If you found this devotional helpful, please sign up to receive it every day in your email by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. This is completely free, and every morning you'll receive a transcript of these devotionals as well as links to the audio and video, and that will cue you to be in the Word every single day. I'm looking for financial support so I can keep going doing this kind of internet ministry. If you can help with that, please go to dailypbj.com slash support. I'm looking for ongoing monthly support, not just a couple bucks here and there, because the expenses are ongoing and so is the work. And so if you believe in this, please consider becoming one of my financial sponsors. Please share this with someone who can grow in their faith by it. And I'll see you next time. May God bless you. Hope you have a great day.